This episode of Security Management Highlights is brought to you by Dataminer, providing the fastest, most relevant alerts on emerging risks across the world. Visualize real-time information at the level and specificity needed to quickly contextualize, understand, and respond to high-impact events as they unfold with Dataminer Plus's new advanced geo-visualization capabilities. Learn more and book a demo for yourself at dataminer.com. D-A-T-A-M-I-N-R dot com. And visit Dataminer on the floor at GSX at booth 3825. This topic that we're going to be uh, doing a panel on this year at the GSX is a very passionate and hot topic that has been around for as long as I've been in this profession and probably longer. Marilyn Hollier is the chair of the ASIS Healthcare Security Steering Committee and the past president for the International Association for Healthcare Safety and Security. Ms. Marilyn, good morning. Good morning. Marilyn, let's start the conversation by defining the difference between workplace violence and targeted violence in a healthcare setting. Sure. Um, so first of all, hospitals have been traditionally a, a cesspool of stress, right? Because people are sick. Some folks are there. They didn't, didn't know they were going. Um, and then you have uh, mental health folks being taken there with mental health issues because psychiatric hospitals have closed down a lot of them. You have dementia, you have delirium, you have the elderly with those issues. You have our opioid drug addiction issue that's affecting all hospitals, big and small, rural and urban. And then you throw the pandemic on top of that, uh, where people have seem to have lost, a lot of people seem to have lost their manners and etiquette and are, are verbally abusive. Uh, and the hospital staff are, have gone through a lot in these last couple of years. Um, and uh, the violence has, seems to have intensified inside the hospitals. But within the hospitals, it's a gray world. And you have your criminal violence, which cops and police deal with every day out on the streets. But in the hospital, you have clinical violence, which is violence that people can't help it because they didn't take their meds, or like you said, they have dementia or delirium. Um, and so, so that that's kind of some of the the the, in, the the violent acts that you have inside a hospital. You very rarely have somebody just show up and start shooting people, which is your random type um, violence. Uh, most of the time, there's early warning signs. If you have a good security program um, who builds relationships with their community, um, they get early warning signs of and and uh, of bad behavior and try to uh, develop behavioral contracts and things like that to try to curb uh, the 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 abuse early on before it gets too violent. Um, stopping the gun before it gets to the doors is my philosophy. Because once the gun's at the door, it's just about minimizing collateral damage, right? Um, and how you respond to that. So the active shooter part of our training is, is, is so important, but it's probably a very small percentage of what a real, the real job is in, inside a hospital. Some of the speakers on this panel have hybrid models for the security departments. Explain to us what that looks like in healthcare. Yeah, so uh, inside the hospital, uh, at least from from my perspective, I think, and 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 everybody that does this work, like uh, hospital security directors, there's there's various opinions and philosophies. But I think 
the, the common one I've seen across the country as a consultant the last few years is that hospitals that are seeing a little bit of an increase in violence and don't have reliable or in a big city or don't have police department that can come quickly when they need them, um, they will either hire an off-duty police officer to work the outside of the ED uh, the, in the waiting room and patrol their campus, or they develop a level of armed security staff or hospital police. There's also some states that have uh, middle ground where they have arrest authority and, and, and can carry a firearm. But usually they stay patrolling on the external and come inside the hospital when called. 80, 75 to 80% of the violence in hospitals is patient violence, inpatient violence against the nursing staff or the clinical staff. Um, and they don't have a weapon. Uh, so introducing a weapon into that environment adds another level of danger, right? So some of the problems we've had with guns incidents inside hospital, Claire, has been weapon retention. And I know, and I've heard it for the last several years about the holsters and that they're level four and five and, and can stop their gun from getting out. But that's just not the case. They have the officer has to pull the gun out to use it, right? So there is a way of getting that gun out of the holster. And believe me, a, a patient who is uh, acting uh, outside themselves, they get very strong and very physical. And uh, sometimes that gun gets taken, or the even worse, the taser gets taken, and then they escalate the use of force and they shoot the patient. And uh, let me tell you, the last thing a security director, hospital security director wants is uh, a patient getting shot because they're going to have to justify that uh, to not only their bosses, but to the Joint Commission, CMS. Uh, it's, a, it's a highly regulated environment inside hospitals. Recently, we've seen a big rise in mental health and behavioral health issues in patients coming into EDs and emergency facilities that aren't necessarily equipped for this. Tell me how this changes the security posture. We have to do a lot of de-escalation training and, and training to help deal with uh, behavioral health patients, right? So I'm a big proponent of, of joint training. So you would have your security officers train with uh, the psychiatric staff if they have a behavioral health unit or with the ED. If they don't, the ED has to have, if they're uh, uh, at least one or two rooms set up to deal with a, uh, a mental health crisis, patient in, in crisis, um, and they have to prepare that room. They usually put the equipment behind a cabinet and take all equipment out except the bed um, uh, so that the patient can't hurt themselves or others. Um, but uh, security and that staff, they need to really train together because the last thing you really want to do is use a lethal force on a patient, especially a mental health patient who apparently has stopped taking their meds um, for whatever reasons, they're in crisis and they really can't help themselves. That's what clinical violence is. And that's what makes the hospital environment a challenging environment, right? Because it is a gray world. Things aren't cut and dry inside a hospital. Sometimes a person has a head injury and it makes them act violent and they can't help themselves. And no judge is gonna send that man to jail or that woman to jail if they have a head injury that's causing them uh, to be violent. So the struggle then is with hospitals is, I have this patient, now I gotta find a place to put them, right? I have to find a facility out there that knows how to care for a patient that may be a head injury patient that, um, that needs uh, a special, specialized care, long-term care. Um, so um, hopefully our country will start, you know, looking at long-term care facilities. And, and I think some states are actually um, opening up or revitalizing uh, mental health hospitals 
uh, behavioral health hospitals or clinics to try to address some of the issues. This is a topic that at some point in life, everybody's going to be passionate about, whether you're a patient, a security professional, doctor, staff. Looking at your panel at GSX, what do you hope people get out of this, especially in the discussion portion? I think that'll be the most interesting. Well, I, I do want the audience to participate. There are various models out there, and then there's other elements uh, that determine what that model is, right? Do they have a level one trauma center? Do they have an in, inpatient behavioral health unit? You know, is uh, and, and and where is it located? Is it in the middle of a, a big city like uh, Atlanta or Chicago, or or is it out in rural Oklahoma? Um, it's, that does have an impact in in the type of staffing they have, but at the end of the day. We've seen this level of violence transcend all types of hospitals because of the mental health crisis and the, and the, and the drug overdose crisis. Those two in particular are, um, it doesn't discriminate, as I say. Um, so, so that's important to, to, to note. And, um, you know, everybody is, is different, right? So, and and, and I'm, I'm a believer in teaching the security officers how to assist the, the, men, uh, the medical team in, in, in doing patient management, okay? So it's easier, I think, to train 25, 30, 40, 50, whatever size staff you have of officers to be able to properly respond and under the direction of the, the health team, restrain the patient and the nurses oversee the process versus trying to train three, 400 nurses that when they should be focusing on patient care. And um, I, I, I think that's another thing in my, I still know people that are working in this field that think security should just hold the limbs and then the nurses go in there. So now you have six bodies or seven, maybe even eight trying to restrain a patient. Whereas if properly trained, four to five people can do it. And there's a lot of injuries based on those interactions. And man, when a nurse goes out with a, a bad back, it's a very expensive uh, endeavor for the hospitals. So that's how hospitals can save money by having a really good response program for patient management, combative patients, um, and well-trained team. Uh, and what happens is it reduces uh, workplace injuries, and that saves money. So it's, it is, there is an indirect uh, return on investment uh, with a good program. So come join with us on Monday, September 12th at two o'clock and uh, participate in our panel discussion and share your best practices that you're using at your hospitals. I look forward to meeting you all in Atlanta in September. Take care and stay safe. This episode of Security Management Highlights is brought to you by Dataminer, providing the fastest, most relevant alerts on emerging risks across the world. Visualize real-time information at the level and specificity needed to quickly contextualize, understand, and respond to high-impact events as they unfold with Dataminer Plus's new advanced geo-visualization capabilities. Learn more and book a demo for yourself at dataminer.com, D-A-T-A-M-I-N-R.com. And visit Dataminer on the floor at GSX at booth 3825.